Sean Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single weekday. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson, here on a Tuesday. Our co-host on Tuesdays, as it will be every Tuesday from now on, it's Kevin McGuire. He covers Penn State over at USA Today, also a contributor over at Athlon, and of course, host of Locked On Nittany Lions, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find him on Twitter at Kevin on CFB. Kevin, it's excited to have you on here and excited to get you on here every Tuesday going forward. I'm excited to just get going with the podcast again. And I know all the fans here at Locked On Big Ten are excited to get started up here after a little bit of a hiatus for a few weeks. Are you ready to get going here with us here? And of course, how's your day going on a Tuesday? Absolutely excited about the uh, the new era of Locked On Big Ten. Nate, I'm looking forward to being with you here every Tuesday. And uh, now's a great time to get on board with it because we've got Big Ten Media Days coming up and... Of course, college football season is going to be right around the corner and knocking on wood that everything's going to go off without a hitch this year. And things seem, certainly seem like they're trending that way. So that's always good news, right? Yeah, always great news. And we are going to get to Big Ten Media Day right here to start off the show. But first, we, of course, got to let you know. Show today is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com right now and tell them Locked On sent you. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk Big Ten quarterbacks with Kevin. Michael Penix Jr. has gotten a whole lot of hype out of Indiana and has people in Bloomington excited. And who else could be that Big Ten quarterback to make his name known around the country this season? We'll talk about that. And also, we chatted with Jay Stevens for a minute yesterday about the big deal made in jersey sales at the University of Michigan. We're going to break that down a little bit later to end the show as well. But Kevin, let's start off with Big Ten Media Days. We talked to Jay about it yesterday. He'll be there at the Media Days this week. But everyone who covers this conference is going to have a close eye on what's going on out there. Who are you looking most forward to hearing from here this week? Brett Bielma, baby. He's back in the Big Ten. And uh, honestly, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does because I think he's a character. I think he just fits the Big Ten so much better than he ever did in the SEC. Uh, he's got a lot of work cut out for him, though. So I, if there's one thing I know that we're going to hear from him, it's that uh, you know it's going to be a work in progress. He's got He's ready to be getting back to his Big Ten roots. And I think it's going to be a good fit for him uh, with Illinois. And I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight, but I, I think he can do something pretty successful with that Illinois program. So I'm curious to see what he has to say about the job that he's taking on, because this is uh, certainly a different project that he's had uh, compared to his time at Wisconsin, even compared to his time at Arkansas. I think he's got his work cut out for him, but I, I think he's got the good personality that's going to fit right in and almost like he never left. Yeah, an established name already in this conference. And, and of course, somebody everyone's going to want to hear from as he returns back to the Big Ten to coach one of its football teams again. What about just like teams in general, Kevin? Because players are going to be there too here at this thing. When you're looking at the 14 teams up and down, who do you think has the most questions that are going to need answering here this week in particular and what people are going to be asking of them? 
This might be a little bit of a homer reaction, but I'm going to say that Penn State's got a lot of questions that are uh, probably going to be thrown their way this week because 2020 was an absolute disaster of a year for a Penn State team that you know started the season as a preseason top 10 team and obviously had a lot of success in the years before that. Things got off to a really rough start last year, so I think the big question going into this year and will probably be discussed at media days is, was last year an indication that Penn State is falling back to the pack? Or are they ready for a little bit of a rebound? I think that there's some mixed reactions out there right now, but I'm curious to hear what's going to happen or what's going to be said about them at uh, uh, the Big Ten media days. I think you can also say some of the similar things probably about Minnesota because Minnesota had that really successful season a couple of years ago. And I'm not just saying this because of you, but I do think that uh, there's some questions about where Minnesota is going to fit into this Big Ten uh, West division coming up because I hear a lot of hype about Wisconsin and Iowa. Northwestern was just in the Big Ten title game seems like Nebraska is always being talked about for other reasons, but I, I just, I'm wondering where Minnesota is going to fit into that picture as well. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to go back to the Gophers as well, as far as just the teams that have those question marks behind them. Minnesota has the most experience coming back out of any power five school. I think maybe even any school in the country, as far as just number of starters returning, they've got a whole lot of help in areas that were really, really hurting them last season. Like on the defensive line, they get, Clemson transfer in from Niles Pinckney, who's not just like someone who won national championships, but was a captain on that team. So Minnesota's looking like a team who, if you're asking me, can compete for that Big Ten West, especially with how open that Big Ten West has been and will be again this season, too. Of course, on the other side, the question remains, Kev, I didn't want to pump up Jay Stevens too much yesterday, but is there anybody who can really mess with Ohio State at all in this conference as it stands right now. Of course, we'll talk at next segment about like Michael Penix Jr. Maybe Indiana can do something special out there. But at least on paper, it's still Ohio State and then everyone else. That's the general sense that I have. I felt like that for the last how many years now. You know, it, can Ohio State run the table is going to be the biggest question. But, you know, I think to say that Ohio State is invincible, I think it would be a little bit of an overstatement. I think somebody can catch them on the right day. But if you look at the talent that they have accumulated, it doesn't matter how many players they send off to the NFL. They always seem to have players coming back through recruiting. Uh, they develop players really well, especially at key positions. They've got some really good wide receivers coming into the year. So they have a lot of tools already in place to have another wildly successful season. So until proven otherwise, I still say that, yes, Ohio State is going to be the team to beat. And I'm not so sure how close or what the gap is between Ohio State and the second best team in the conference, not just the Big Ten East. Yeah, well, we've got plenty of college football to talk about. And of course, we'll have a whole lot of fun talking about it here on Locked On Big Ten over the course of the next month as we get ready to kick off the season. But Kevin McGuire is here for the rest of today, at least, to talk quarterbacks with us next. We've talked already about the Indiana Hoosiers, Ohio State, Wisconsin. We'll talk about all of their guys under center and more right here on Locked On Big Ten as we start up our Tuesday episode here with Kevin. Hey, Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten. BetOnline.ag is the place to go for any of your online sportsbook needs. The baseball season is back underway. The NBA Finals are wrapping up. And of course, I know you're already looking at some of those football futures for the fall as well. Whatever your need may be, as far as sports betting goes, BetOnline.ag can help you make your money. Head on over to BetOnline.ag right now for all the best lines, all the news you need to make sure you're up to date before you put those bets in, and we'll get you some free money to start out with, too. If you go to BetOnline.ag right now and use our promo code LOCKEDON, 
you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's 50% on top of whatever you put into your account that first time you put money in, just add it on for free. Thanks to the people over at Bet Online. It's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back into Locked On Big Ten. We're talking quarterbacks here in the conference and a few different ones who have the potential this season to maybe jump into that real national celebrity level in a way that nobody really in the conference here, at least right now, has. A whole lot of guys before, of course, but who will be the one to step out of the pack this season? We've got Kevin McGuire right here to talk about it on Locked On Big Ten. I'm Nate Dickinson, your host. Kevin, I wanted to start with Indiana. I've mentioned it a few times leading up to when we've actually talked here about it here on camera. But Michael Penix Jr. has gotten a whole lot of hype this offseason. I'm an Indiana guy originally from Indiana, living in Indiana now. I'm hearing the hype around this guy. I have a hard time believing that one, an Indiana quarterback can be that guy who's going to be the star of this conference, but also just in general that it's going to be somebody who can be like him to be able to lead the Hoosiers to the next level. How good is this guy? How Can he be the top five quarterback that I'm seeing some people talk about him in those ways? I think he's really good. And I think he is a big difference maker for Indiana. And I'm, I think we saw lots of glimpses of that last season. I don't think you have Indiana's successful year without Michael Penix. Obviously, he got banged up at the end of the year. It's a shame. But when he's healthy, he's very dangerous. And you know, Penn State saw that firsthand in the first game. You, you can't let him hang around and make some plays because he's going to come back and bite you. Uh, he, he gave a lot of teams a lot of trouble last year. That's why uh, I think as, as long as he's coming back 100% healthy or at least close to it, uh, he is a dangerous player. And I think if you look around, uh, certainly around the Big Ten, I think he's a quarterback that can do more different things than a lot of the other quarterbacks can out there right now. And that's why you pair that with the experience that he has and the successful experience we saw last year. I think there's a lot of reason to be excited about what he could potentially do this upcoming season, because I think it's kind of like an encore for him, because I, I do think that we have a lot more fun times ahead with Michael Panix Jr. I'm not throwing him in the Heisman conversation. I know some people will, but I do think that as far as uh, the, the big difference maker, for whether or not Indiana is going to be a legitimate team once again this year, or if they take a step back, I think it's going to fall on Michael Penix Jr., as he usually does with a quarterback. But I think this is a legitimate, uh, solid, one of the best quarterbacks, certainly in the Big Ten. I don't know about the nation, but he's certainly way up there as far as the Big Ten quarterbacks are concerned for me. I guess when I'm playing devil's advocate in my head with Michael Penix Jr., and with Indiana in general, I guess, is that, that's really the way that I think about it more. It, with Penix Jr., yes, he's a guy who can make the plays. You mentioned he, he's shifty. He does more different things than maybe any other quarterback in the Big Ten can. And I just think back to that 2020 season. And it's been something that I've been grappling with a long time, trying to figure out, like, how much do I want to put, like, the pandemic weight on it? Like, how much do I want to say that things affected the other things? But I feel like having that quarterback like Penix Jr., who can do that little bit of make the play out of nothing that helps in a season. Like when you're in a pandemic, I think if you're an Indiana football team, you get yourself in a hot streak like that. Maybe you wouldn't have gotten in if you had been playing against teams with the talent that they had again with full practice time. It just feels like there were so many random things, random variables that went into that last season that it's just what has me hesitating from buying in 
to this Indiana team, to Michael Penix Jr. in general. I know he's legit. I'm not saying he's not a good quarterback. But as far as being elite, elite, I just feel like there could be some sort of a trap door here just with what happened last year and how everything in college football was affected, not just Indiana. I think that's actually pretty fair because that's one of the biggest questions I have about Indiana. Uh, I do think that this is a good Indiana team. I don't think that last year was a fluke, but to say that Indiana is going to have a, a, a season where they win nine, 10 games, I think it's a little bit more difficult. Obviously, uh, they're going to have to play a road game at Penn State. They got, still got to play Ohio State. Uh, they what open the road on the road at Iowa. Not an easy place. So, I mean, there are going to be some challenging games ahead of them uh, this upcoming season. If still throwing a team like Michigan, who can still be a problem, I think. Um, yeah, this this is probably not going to be a year where Indiana f- comes in a solid second place in the Big Ten East. I'm guessing, but I still think it's a good team. I just I think if if Indiana is going to have a serious run for any kind of Big Ten championship hopes, it's going to rely on Michael Penix Jr. kind of living up to some of the hype. I don't know if he will live up to all the hype that we're seeing right now. I think there is a lot of emotion carrying over from what we saw last year. And th- that happens with a lot of teams, especially when they have a surprising, uh, surprisingly good season like Indiana had for many. It's easy to get caught up in that. And especially when you see some other teams had taken steps back or seemingly took some steps back, it's easy to capitalize on that moment. And that's why I'm kind of hesitating with you as well a little bit on Indiana uh, going into this upcoming season. I think it's a good team. But I just don't know if they're as good as we, you know, as, as good as they probably were last year compared to the rest of this division. I think some of the teams in this division are going to be better this year. You know, I've already said that with Penn State. I think Michigan can be a problem too. But uh, I think it's going to be a little bit harder for Indiana to have the same kind of success. And that includes uh, Michael Penix Jr. But I think he's really good. He's going to be the difference maker if Indiana does do some really good things. Yeah, I think that we're on the same page here. Indiana's a good football team, but whether or not it's a great football team has yet to be seen, and I think it's fair to raise those question marks because, as you mentioned, it was a surprisingly good 2020 season. When you have that pandemic there to try and put the blame on, it it can be easy to try and connect those dots. But again, Hoosiers could easily prove us wrong over the next couple of months, and this had happened 12 months earlier, Indiana's 2020 season, we wouldn't even be talking about how the pandemic had an effect on things. And I'm sure that's how Indiana fans are thinking about it right now, yelling at however they're listening to the podcast as they drive to work. But let's move on to another school, Kevin. And again, Kevin McGuire here with us at Kevin on CFB, if you want to follow him on Twitter. And of course, listening at the Locked On Nittany Lines podcast every weekday as he covers everything going on with Penn State. Let's talk not about Penn State quite yet, but about a couple of the other teams in the Big Ten's quarterbacks. We've got C.J. Stroud out there. We've got Graham Mertz out there as well. Graham Mertz notably making money. He's got his logo and all that kind of stuff. He was one of the first ones out there doing it. But as far as the the on-the-field stuff, we talked about how good Penix Jr. can be and how he has that kind of unique ability to do a little bit of stuff and kind of maybe grow that celebrity a little bit more. Who, Who do you think is, I guess, your number two pick if you're trying to find out Who's going to be that superstar out of the Big Ten this season if it's from the quarterback position? It seems like it's going to be Ohio State's quarterback. And obviously, we mentioned C.J. Stroud, and I'm just assuming that that's the direction that they'll go. I'm sure I'll defer to Jay on this one, uh, who's following a lot closer than I would. But that seems to be the case. I mean, this is still a very young and unproven quarterback, so... I have some slight hesitation, but it feels as though, as I kind of mentioned before, Ohio State has the talented players to step in there. And I think what they've been doing at the quarterback position in recent years is pretty encouraging if you're an Ohio State fan. So, yeah, CJ Stroud coming in, 
I don't think there would be uh, much reluctance to say that he's probably going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the Big Ten this year. Uh, but you mentioned Graham Mertz. I'm very curious about what happens with him this year. Obviously, he had a great season debut last year and then kind of plateaued a little bit. And we saw that with Wisconsin as a whole. So uh, I would like to see some more growth out of him this year. I think we will see it. I just think that, you know, you know learning experience, a really weird year all around in college football. Uh, but I would really like to see what Graham Mertz does this year because I think he has potential to bring a passing game dynamic to Wisconsin that kind of balances them out much more, makes them a little bit more diverse, I guess, uh, with what they do offensively. Because when I think of Wisconsin, I don't typically think of throwing the football. I know they have done it before, yeah. but this is a program that is built on offensive linemen and running the football. I'm sure they're still going to do that, but if they have a quarterback who's going to make some plays more consistently, that makes them much more dangerous as far as I'm concerned. Can we talk a little more about that Big Ten West, Kevin? Because i just interested with – Again, we mentioned it's been so open the past couple of years. Who's going to get that right to play Ohio State? We saw Minnesota <laughs> go after it a couple of years ago. Of course, we've got the teams who are seemingly always right there, Iowa, Wisconsin, trying to fight for that spot. But when you look at, again, we're talking quarterbacks, I guess, so we can center it in on that. Who, who are some of the guys that you think might be able to like take their team to whatever that next level is in the, e or in the West and maybe – surprise some people in those standings out there because it is kind of a wild west in the big 10 west well i don't need to tell you about tanner morgan i'm sure you know all about yeah. him but i just feel as though having a quarterback with that much experience behind you kind of puts you ahead of the curve in a lot of cases so if i'm looking for a team that again could have a little bit of a rebound year and maybe can rely a little bit more on their quarterback i think minnesota's in a pretty good spot there uh, because this is a division that is so wide open. I haven't broken down all the schedules. So I don't know exactly how all the crossover division matchups match up. So, you know, some teams may have an advantage uh, compared well, we to know other Minnesota's teams. Minnesota's got to start without Ohio State. So that's not. Great. That's a tough one. That's that that is a tough one. Uh, I know Wisconsin and Iowa both play Penn State this year. So, I mean, there, there's going to be some tough matchups for these Big Ten West teams. And, you know, taking advantage of them if you can, it's going to be huge. I, I don't know if I have a lot of faith that Minnesota will be able to pull off the one against Ohio State. <laughs> However, uh, but if you look at the rest of the game, you know, head-to-head -head matchups, uh, if you've got a quarterback that's going to make some plays, uh, again, falling back on experience, I think it's a big asset to any team that's trying to win a wide-open division race. So I would actually feel pretty confident in what Minnesota could potentially do if Tanner Morgan is going to continue playing at the level I think he's capable of playing. So – I'll defer to you on that one because I, I'm very curious to see what the read is on Tanner Morgan coming into his third year of experience as a starter. But you know, I would be a little bit more confident. If I'm P.J. Fleck, I'm feeling pretty good about my quarterback situation, at least going into this division. P.J. Fleck's always said good things about Tanner Morgan. Uh, nothing about that. And Minnesota kind of, as a team and Tanner Morgan as an individual, are in a bit of an opposite boat of what Indiana had. They're trying to tell everybody that that 2020 season was a fluke was not supposed to happen and they would be back to the 2019 minnesota gophers with no problem the problem was that that 2020 gophers team was not so great because it started seven new players on defense that's part of the reason why they have the most experience in college football coming back is because a lot of those guys are still just underclassmen but with minnesota again tanner morgan with the experience you have him coming back Gophers fans are hoping he is more of the 2019 Tanner Morgan than he is the 2020 Tanner Morgan. Minnesota's lost great wide receivers in each of the last two drafts, but you know P.J. Fleck knows how to coach his wide receivers, and Chris Ottman-Bell is still out there as a really, really good weapon for him to have. It's crazy when you think back two years ago that that team had Tyler Johnson, 
uh, what ended up being Rashad Bateman, a first-round pick, and Chris Ottman-Bell, who could easily be an NFL draft pick as well on that team. But the pieces are there. It's going to be a matter of whether or not Minnesota is getting back to or as good as or just had a bad pandemic season as they're claiming they did right now. If they can, I think they're contenders for that Big Ten West because there's not any sort of dominant team out there for them to say, hey, come roll over us. But Minnesota, of course, got to prove it first. They haven't been there before. And speaking of a team that has a quarterback with experience that still needs to prove something, how about Nebraska? You know, yeah. another year of Adrian Martinez. Is that what we're going to be going through here in Lincoln? Um, because we've seen some highs and lows out of that one as well. So I don't know what the situation is going to be for Nebraska. If Adrian Martinez is going to be the regular starter, if they're going to go back and forth, kind of figure it out as they go. Can they trust Adrian Martinez? I guess that would be the, the first question I would have to ask if I'm Nebraska. Because this is a program that desperately needs to at least get to a bowl game this year. Uh, so Scott Frost has some things that he needs to figure out too. Yeah, a whole lot to be figured out over on that west side. As we said, part of the reason why it's wide open is because, well, there's some good football teams there, but also there's a football teams who just refuse to seem to want to figure it out and take that Big Ten West title either. Nebraska may be in that boat. We'll talk more to Kevin in just a little bit about some off-the-field stuff. Michigan football players we mentioned yesterday made a deal with a store around campus that sells jerseys. It'll be the first Jersey deal out of the Big Ten with plenty more to come. We'll talk about what that could mean for, well, everything as we're really opening up the box of worms with this name, image, and likeness stuff. I'm Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten. We'll be back with Kevin McGuire to wrap things up on a Tuesday in just a minute. Hey, Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten. Well, it's that time of year when you want to go out and take the car for a cruise, but you never want anything to go wrong when you're trying to relax out there on the road. So go on over to rockauto.com and make sure that you're getting all the parts that you may need for a repair or just an upgrade on your car at the best price and with the easiest route to getting it done, too. Rock Auto has everything that you might need for your car. They can make sure that the part that you're getting is the perfect part exactly that you need. And they cut out the middleman of either the dealership or the part shop that can upcharge you quite a bit. You'll get the best prices and it delivered to your front door right there at rockauto.com. Head on over to rockauto.com and if you end up using the service, make sure you let them know that you heard from us by hitting locked on in their little how did you hear about us box. Welcome back in one more time to Locked On Big Ten. Alongside Kevin McGuire, our co-host on Tuesdays, I'm Nate Dickinson. We're talking Big Ten kind of money moves being made by the Minnesota or Michigan football team. We talked Minnesota last segment with Kevin. But Michigan, the MDEN, which is not an official University of Michigan store. I, I wanted to make that clear because I didn't know it first. It's a store off campus that has the licensing to tell, sell Michigan gear. They're going to sell University of Michigan football jerseys for 50 different players. And the newest reports that I saw out earlier today say that the players will make at least $10 on every jersey sold. So decent money coming these guys' ways if they can get those jerseys out there and sold. Kevin McGuire's here, and he knows everything about football. I don't know if you know about this football money stuff, but the good news is that it's so new nobody knows about it, really. So we can claim to be experts. Uh, what do you think about just this first move made by a Big Ten school or, I guess, group of players from a Big Ten school to try and make some money off the jerseys themselves? Because we've heard about the sponsorships. We've heard about them tweeting out, hey, buy this thing. But as far as just their actual names, the actual jerseys from the schools out there, this is the first time this is happening. 
Yeah, and I've always been in favor of this idea of the name, image, and likeness deals that we're starting to see. I didn't know exactly how this is all going to play out, and I think we're all learning something every day as we're watching this all unfold. Uh, and I'm not really sure where I come down on some of them that are out there. This one I'm perfectly fine with because schools have been making money off of jersey sales while getting around the uh, the uh, the, the limitations or the, the regulations. Uh, we all know what was happening. They're selling jerseys of players that are playing. And now the players finally get a chance to, to cash in on it. And I'm perfectly fine with that. I, I've always been fine with that. And I'm happy to see it. Now, I, I'm going to be curious to see how much money is coming in just because I want to know. I just got that curious mindset of like how how profitable is this actually going to be for the players? I imagine it's going to be pretty profitable, especially if you happen to be a pretty notable player on a team. I, I think you're going to be making some good money. Uh, and, you know, hey, Kudos to them. Kudos for being able to pull that deal. Now, obviously, the, the big thing here is Michigan has names on the back of their jerseys. Not every school does that. So um, you probably can't get this kind of a deal at some other schools that are out there. So if you have a, a jersey that has your name on the back, uh, maybe you want to you know, work something up with another uh, local shop in your town or your college town to see if you can strike up a similar deal. I, we'll have to just wait and see if this is kind of setting the bar for something new. What I think is really interesting about it is that, like, if I'm the M-Den, I could have easily tried to at least get away with doing it the way that it would always have been done, which is basically just they have the name, they have the rights to the jerseys. With that, they have the rights to customize those jerseys and put names on the back of them. So at least as far as I understand it, I guess I haven't bought a college football jersey, like, officially from any of those officially licensed places, but at least the way I understand it up until this point, if I wanted like a Denard Robinson, Michigan Jersey, I just would buy a Jersey with Robinson on the back of it. And then that's it. You can't prove that it's supposed to be Denard, but anyway, I feel like the Den could have tried that at least. And the players could say, well, if we're allowed to make this money, then we can take it to court and do all that kind of stuff. But I was surprised by how willing at least they were to give up this money just because the narrative has been for so long that it's so hard for these players to, get what seems to be rightfully theirs. It, it to me just kind of puts an emphasis on like how this was so single-handedly opposed by the NCAA. It seems like everybody else is completely fine with this way of doing business with people. I think as far as the end is concerned, it's a good marketing strategy because they get their name out there Michigan fans know that if they want to help support the players that they're rooting for, they can go to the end den and get the the jersey that's going to end up giving that player some money. So all in all, I think everybody's a winner here. The players are obviously a winner. I think end den gets a good publicity. And yeah, I mean, obviously they're going to be sharing some of the profits from those jerseys. But again, maybe more people are going to buy those jerseys. I don't know. Maybe more people are going to buy jerseys for players that are way down on the depth chart. I don't know exactly which players are up there, but if you have 50 players, that's a lot of players. So not everyone is going to be a starter. So I, th I think there's a lot to be gained here and a lot to be um, you know, well-received, I think, as far as the M-Den's concerned. So I, I think it's a pretty good strategy there. And again, I, I'm very curious to see if we're going to see this kind of a deal pop up elsewhere. But yeah, I, I think going back to the, the root of this, it is kind of funny to me that the NCAA has been standing against this for as long as they did. They really stood against it until the, the midnight hour, right? They, they held out as long as they possibly could until they were really had to crumble under the pressure uh, that was going on around this the, the country with different states enacting different rules or laws and everything. So 
um, you know, it, I'll be very curious to see where the NCAA goes from here because it does look like we're we're entering a new era. Uh, the the power shift here is certainly moving away from the NCAA. Uh, I don't know if we're going to disband the NCAA at any point, anytime soon, but I, I think they'll always be around in some capacity, but they have certainly loosened their grip and they're kind of losing it entirely in so many respects, especially with this name, image, and likeness thing. Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of the reason why they held on so tight right there at the end is because I think that they realized that once it started, everyone would realize just kind of how beneficial this would be to all parties. Because you, get, you are able to like make the theories about it and kind of hypothesize, hypothesize about players are going to be able to do X, Y, and Z to make money. But now that it's actually happening, people are really starting to see like how foolish this was to not be doing before. And I haven't heard anyone make, by the way, the argument about any sort of like unfairness with recruiting or anything. Like none of that, nothing has been talked about as far as like, oh, well, the Alabama player is going to go to Bama because they'll make more money there. Like that's just not the case. It wasn't happening before, or I should say it was, but those people were going to go to Alabama anyway, you know, like it's just those people were going to go to Alabama, whether they made the big bucks or not. The reasons why Alabama is better than everybody else go beyond whatever money that player was going to make. But anyway, I'll get off the soapbox now. Uh, Kevin, before we go, just what do you think is next? We talked a little bit about like, does this eventually lead to some sort of like nationwide jersey deal for players to be able to get some sort of money? Does this end up becoming something like some sort of NBA deal where the players are splitting all of the jersey revenues together? The possibilities are endless with this kind of thing. And with so much to put together, I find it hard to believe that they'd be able to organize in that kind of a way. But I mean, the NCAA was able to do it for so long without any money getting involved at all. Yeah, I think as you know, we're talking about the end end, it's very localized, very regionalized, you know, very fan specific. But I think if you get a national retailer to kind of branch out and maybe sign some deals with a couple of players here and there, I think we could see a collective organization in that capacity uh, from one of those major retailers. I, I would not be shocked at all if we see something like that. And then maybe that trickles down. Maybe the, that retailer signs a whole deal with an entire conference or conference uh, membership. I, I I don't know how specific it gets, but I would imagine that it's not off the table at this point in time because, uh, like I said, we've, we're in a new era. We're, we're seeing new standards set out there, and everybody's going to be upping the ante every time that we see a new deal being put in place. And everybody's going to want to try and get in on this if they have not already. So you know, maybe something's already in the works for all I know. Uh, and maybe we'll see it roll out when the season starts. But I, I would not be surprised if we're talking about some of the bigger name college football players kind of maybe, I'm going to say unionizing, but I don't know if that's the right way of going about it. But, you know, kind of collectively getting on board with some national outlet out there would not surprise me one bit. Yeah, well, whatever ends up happening, we know it's going to get bigger before it gets smaller. And it's going to be something that's going to be fun to watch however big it gets alongside Kevin McGuire, who will be here every single Tuesday on locked on big 10. I'm Nate Dickinson. Again, you can follow him at Kevin on CFB Kevin, before we let you go until next week, what else do you need to let the people know about, about what you're doing? 
Well, obviously, Locked on Nittany Lions is back to five days a week. Uh, obviously, on Wednesday, we'll have a little bit of a deeper dive into what ex- to expect out of Big Ten Media Day as far as Penn State's concerned. I already kind of alluded to it. I've got a lot of questions about the upcoming season. I'm sure it's going to be brought to James Franklin and the player representatives that are there uh, for Big Ten Media Day. So we're just going to kind of uh, keep an eye on that and you know, kind of react to everything that comes out of the Big Ten Media Days at the end of the week. So hopefully you give it a shot, and uh, hopefully you're entertaining to come back. Go follow Locked On Nittany Lions. Go subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast, to Kevin's show, to our show, and of course, all the other Locked On programs. Coming up on Locked On Big Ten tomorrow, we mentioned on Monday show, Big Ten Ben left behind a whole lot of name-based puns that I just can't live up to. There's no more Big <laughs> Ten Ben. There's no more Stevens and Stevens, but we will have a Wade Wednesday for you tomorrow on the show. Andrew Wade of Locked On Hawkeyes is here with us. Until then, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Locked On Big Ten.